I, I, do th- I do think there's some growth there from him, right? Like he has been a massive dick to underperforming partners in okay. the past. He was pretty supportive today. I, there's two sides to this for me, right? One is certainly you're right. I I think we've seen enough from Fessy in the past to pretty confidently say the old Fessy, as it were, would have been screaming at Mariah. <laughs> And embarrassing her. Um, however, he was not at all capable of giving her productive advice. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like, fair. That's fair. Bananas, Nani had some trouble as well. And Bananas was like, do it like this. And she figured it out faster. And Mariah was just like, Literally moving her arms in such a way that the only reasonable conclusion is she has never in her life seen someone row a boat. <laughs> like there's, it, she it was like, is different from the row machine at the gym. For sure. Oh yeah, she was like moving her arms in the weirdest way. <laughs> My wife and I were watching it. Like, what is she even trying to do right now? <laughs> like she just had her arms all the way stretched out and like was trying to like move them behind her almost it was so bizarre and fessy was like calm you know reasonably aggravated uh but but calm and and supportive but not at all helpful no no well he he was trying his best and say whether she was trying her best yeah i do think that it, 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 it that does sort of show you the dynamic this season of, I I think, understanding that inherently that your partner in this game is your partner for the game and that there's not going to be a a, a switching and changing around. Well, not just that, but... does have an effect on people's behavior, right? Totally that, but I think it's maybe 50% that and 50% that, like, these are not some other douchebags you met on the challenge. This is, like, for the most part, someone you have genuine care and feelings for. So if you are even the least bit decent, you're probably going to be a little chiller with that person. I did think on that note, on that same topic, one of the most incredible moments of the episode was after the elimination when (laughs) Jack was like, I bet this is really hard for people to understand, but when Laurel screams at me, it just helps me understand exactly what she wants. <laughs> he was like, like, "I'm totally into it," and she was like, "See, this is why we're best friends." Yeah, because was, yeah, I believe he said, I- "I'm probably the only one who finds her screaming voice comforting," which I think is accurate. Yes, uh, because I was watching that like, "Good lord, Laurel, give give the guy a break." But hey, man, if it works for him, God bless. Yeah, yeah. Just goes to show you, man. You hear her screaming at somebody like, "Why on earth would you want to pick a fight with that one?" It's crazy. Uh, th- well, uh, but to be honest, dude, you <laughs> were about ready to pick a fight with her. I was? I mean, not because you're mad at her, but you were doubting her. Yeah, oh, I believe I was it was last week there. that yes, you were on I this very podcast saying, I don't know, is Laura really that scary anymore? Meh. <laughs> well, I mean, look. She, I, I will say this, right? Like in terms of her performance, she wasn't great in the daily challenge. Um, no, she hasn't been great in any of them. And frankly, they and absolutely could have lost that elimination. They like absolutely they absolutely could have. I wouldn't say they, they got, got lucky. lucky. I mean, I would say both teams lucky. had similar struggles, and Laurel's team ended up being better. But, but like, 
that's, I mean, frankly, if you are the team thrown into elimination against a team with Laurel, that's exactly the elimination you want. Because she's perfectly good at puzzles, but she's not a superstar, and there's no physical contact or even really a physical competition in that. So, like, you know, that that's the elimination you want against Laurel. Odds are it's not going to be a no-touching, no-physical-competition puzzle every time, you know? And yeah, every other enough. elimination, like, you saw the fire immediately. And frankly, for me, I think that's why I didn't – I wasn't maybe as down on this episode as you is because this was overall, top to bottom, a great Laurel episode. And I really enjoyed it. Like, when <laughs> – when, and this is partially because Michelle is a raving lunatic. But when Michelle is, like – speaking in word salad to laurel and laurel's just staring at her just eye daggers and eye then dag- and then they stop talking and and michelle's like are, are you guys gonna say anything and laurel goes was there a question <laughs> <laughs> because guess what there was not no <laughs> it was a mess and 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 as michelle i think realized at the end of the episode, when she was like, I am an idiot who made the worst possible mistake in this game. It was all in her head. Laurel literally didn't care about her. I'm not sure Laurel knew Michelle's name before this episode. Yeah. I'm and she's, she's on this like, I just, something's off. I'm just, I think she's coming after me. It's wild paranoia. It is some of the craziest paranoia we've seen in this game, which is really saying a lot. Yeah, I mean, like, the editors really laid the breadcrumbs, right, with, like, Amber at the beginning of the episode going, man, I really like Michelle, and I'm glad we're roommates, but woo, that girl's paranoid. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. I had forgotten about that, but you're right. <laughs> she's like, she's like, yeah, just, you know, calm down, Michelle, it's going to be okay. <laughs> I think she said something like, it's cute, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I... um. At this point, right, then you got to start talking about Jay. And why is Jay just letting her lead them through this? I don't really understand it. The craziest part is he definitely knows that she is suffering from paranoid delusions. Like, he's saying it to the camera. He's like, boy, Michelle's crazy, but I guess I'm just going to let her make all the decisions. (laughs) I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, man, I don't. I don't get it because I think I think Jay could be good at this game. You know what I mean? But I feel like he trusts the wrong people a lot. Well, but I think that's that's this is like the classic you know, basketball thing where where it's 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 like it's like not understanding why Draymond Green or Steph Curry are as great as they are, right? Cuz cuz there are obvious things that they don't have. Um but it's in reverse almost like it's not he's got he's got all the tools except that the social political game is a tool you know yeah like like right, for Draymond his social game isn't bad like he's clearly he has some ability to make friends well right you but it's like the, the the political part right it's the, the political part right right and that's because he leaves that to other people usually yeah he's socially he is a he is friendly and likable I think. Um, but he is not smart. <laughs> 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 like, maybe, you know, I, sometimes we say this and I feel 
mean because I don't know these people, but but in terms of the way th- th- they handle the game, like Jay, as as a game manager, is pretty consistently a doofus. Maybe we'll see a new side of Jay one day. Strategy. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But as long as he's attached, to, like, and I don't know. I th- hopefully, for their sake. This week will be a turning point for Michelle, but I don't have high hopes. And no, I, and I don't think Laurel's just gonna like forget. No, like this is not over. That's for sure. I don't. I don't. I don't know what they're doing. You know what I mean? And I don't. What do you? I guess. All right. So the flip side of this, right, is like, I guess the thing that they they thought that they were getting out of this, right, is an IOU IOU from from Banani from Team Banani. Right, like that's which is, that's the reason to do all this, which is meaningless, of course. Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, you put a lot of trust. You put a lot of trust in Johnny Bananas. Yeah, it's <laughs> like in that situation, right? Listen, uh, d- does this make Bananas think of you slightly more favorably? Sure, probably. It makes him think of you as a potential number for his cause, right? But any promise to pay you back. In a dis- in like a a tangible discreet way, is, you know, not worth the paper it's not written on. You know what I mean? Like it's right. just not. They're like, meaningless. well, all right, I guess we owe him one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, sure, kind of, I guess. But if it benefits you, you'll throw them under the bus in a second. And Johnny Bananas absolutely knows that. And, and I, you know, when he talked about it in the ITM, he said something like. Listen, at this moment, I'll say whatever I have to say to make them feel like saving us is the right decision. Yeah, right, because that's that's the that's the thing. Exactly. I just don't, you know, I mean, you know, there's a perception, right, that the CBS show people, the Big Brother uh, and Survivor people are shady, you know what I mean, or are untrustworthy. Um, and I don't think this season has done a lot to shake that <laughs> between Tommy and Annalise and their shenanigans and 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 this. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't well, know. You're right, don't know. but isn't that sort of a paper tiger? Like, isn't bit. isn't that a little bit of a you know both sides narrative created by original challengers who also are completely not trustworthy like you can count the trustworthy you know worth mentioning in terms of being competitive challengers you can count them on one hand maybe all time you know like in terms of people who you can legitimately trust what they say on a regular basis and who also are legitimately competitive on a regular basis there's certainly single digits of that in challenge history so Everyone's a liar and a cheater. That's the game. <laughs> like that's, you know, yeah, there's one Leroy. A little there is more one than that, Leroy, like, but yeah, like Leroy and Cam. I mean, Anissa's a pretty t- t- straight shooter. Cam, uh, Cam. It's not that she's not a straight shooter, but she's sneaky. I I ju- I recently yeah, watched. Cam will pull moves, but she's pretty upfront. You know what I mean? I guess I I watched Cam's first big move ever. I think it was her second season, but yeah, it was her second season. I want to say Final Reckoning, maybe. I I was watching this recently, actually. She connected with Sylvia and put on a whole 
a, a, an entire like show for the whole house like scream cam like declared who she was planning to put in it was a total lie sylvia threw a temper tantrum that was total bullshit and they they created this entire production to throw everyone in the house off and skew the voting in a specific way like so so oh, you know yeah. I, again she's sort of a straight shooter but she plays the game which usually involves lying there are just so few people who can consistently be trusted that to me the narrative of like oh those big brother folks are shady all they do on big brother is like plot against each other that may be true but that's also a huge part of the show that all the challengers have been taking place in all these years to take part in that, rather that narrative also existed on the challenge usa right without any of the original challengers i think they all looked at the big brother people as shady right yeah and that makes sense because Big Brother is just a show about being shady, basically. Yeah. As I understand yeah. it, I've never watched the thing. Um, no, me but, but that's kind of what all of these are. Like, it's not like Survivor and the Challenge are known for everybody being super chill and never lying. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's fair. That is fair. Um. You know, it, it it is. I don't know. It's interesting when you because I, I I do think that like the the Big Brother people who kind of first started coming on the show sort of stuck together, and like now when you look, there is a sort of class of veteran, and it is that Jay and Michelle Amber class of veteran that doesn't really seem to be treated in the same way as the other veterans and tends to side more with the rookies. Does that yeah, make sense? But- uh, yes, but I think that's kind of always been the case, right? And I think that has less to do with what show you came from and more to do with essentially where you fall in the veteran. I guess so. I don't know why point. everyone hates Amber, to be honest. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I mean, I think if you recall, we we have seen her be just kind of... She's been. She has definitely been untrustworthy over the course of her season, in kind of a like, oh my bad, did I just lie about that way? Which is pretty annoying. Um, Like I said, I don't think any more than any typical challenger. No, maybe not. But but there is something friendly. She's friendly, but there's something about I. I don't know. I get it. Um, There's something about her like manner that is. She rubbed some people the wrong way. Yeah. And I don't know if that some of that was just her winning that one season. It might have been. But again, I think that's – Amber might be a special case. But if you think about, like, Jay and Michelle, sure, technically they're veterans. I think Michelle was here for, like, what, one challenge in the past? Jay's third season, right? Yeah, but I believe one of them he was out first or second. So, like, neither of them have – a ton of experience and beyond that neither of them have the relationships to put them into the top of any of the sort of veteran alliance groups right so if you're going to be fifth in the veterans alliance or you can kind of be a ringleader of a bunch of rookies i think most people make the choice to be the ringleader of the rookies i guess so i mean i guess that's what we're seeing and I don't think it's the worst strategy because if you just think about where you're going to end up, right? If you help the veterans pick off all the rookies and you're at the bottom of the veterans in terms of, like, loyalty, 
what happens is you end up getting thrown into a late elimination basically as soon as there's nobody easy left to go against. Yeah. I mean, I think that's sort of true in the beginning, but I do think you could, I, I don't know. I think you, I, you could work your way out of that if you're aligning yourselves in, in the right way. You know what I mean? Particularly in this game where there's four people sort of going in every one time, you know, I guess that's true. The, the other problem with this game though, is when it gets down to, towards the end it's just going to be so much about specific relationships with whichever specific group wins that week because the real question is not going to be who goes into the inquisition because soon it's going to be almost everybody it's good the question is going to be who's the final choice and like it's just going to be person to person once the alliances start to break down a little bit as they always do like it's going to depend even more so on who wins the daily challenge any given yeah i mean we sort of it's been hard to talk about control of this game but i do sort of feel like there's a class of veteran you know in that and i'm thinking about manani and 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 they're not just them though there are others who i feel like have not really been tested and don't seem to be in a lot of jeopardy right now you know you know what i mean what even though even though they're not necessarily winning challenges I mean, Tori and Devin nearly won this challenge, right? Jordan and Anissa. Right, they're in that group, right, of like Tori and Devin have not really been worried about going in at any point, right? I guess Tori and Devin did go in. They did once. go in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think I think Anissa and Jordan might have been tested the least. I don't know. But, you know, Fessel hasn't really had to compete yet. Um. It's still early. It's still yeah. c- certainly, you know, first half of the season, at the very least. Uh, and look, some of those teams will probably find a way to skate by. This is not one of the have seasons. Have Casey and Kenny been in? I mean, I know they missed a week or whatever, but they haven't been in. Nope. Right? Even in the four. Nope. Yeah. No. And yeah, it, look, most of the veterans haven't. Um, now, they, we'll see what happens if a team like Olivia and Horacio wins uh, or, you know, one of the other good rookie teams. Um, clearly, well, the, Jay and the Michelle. The rookie numbers are dwindling to this point, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And Jay and Michelle didn't, you know, which, <laughs> didn't do the yeah, right which thing. Right That's goes the other right thing. Back to, like, I mean, they knew it, obviously. Michelle said it at the end. Like, yep. we sent somebody home who could have been numbers for us. Yep. It's ridiculous. It's completely made, We made everybody bad. Yep. <laughs> like, I Jay, thought she was generous giving herself a 2 out of 10. Honestly. Jay said it before... Like, Jay said it when they were debating who to send in. So I just, you know, we don't see everything, and I just can't imagine what it is, ultimately, that makes Jay go, okay, we'll do it your way. You know, yeah, is I don't it know. just this that he a, gets exhausted? LVP performance from Michelle, like, through the yeah. through the whole thing. It's one, and, of, one and, of the worst jobs. Yes, and, and a strong charge of aiding and abetting against jay for just like letting it happen right for just sort of watching it i don't it's confusing um i'm a little surprised that jack didn't talk any sense into him at any point uh, it seemed like he tried but also like i think he was just so shocked that he got sent in in the first place and rightfully so because it made no sense like, again, yeah. sent in 
Because Michelle thinks Laurel is after her when Laurel doesn't even know who she is, despite the fact that Jay is legitimately close with this dude. It makes no sense. And I again, I just can't imagine what because you don't see the moment where he's like, all right, sounds good. We'll do it your way. But clearly that happened. And I just cannot imagine for the life of me what was said leading up to that moment. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was th- it was I was stunned when they when they picked them as the, the I just yeah none of it made any sense to me no, um, none of it I think everyone was stunned. I think Laurel is my MVP of this episode, uh, but it's probably more important to talk about Michelle being the LVP as you did. Uh, the do you have a question from Laurel was essentially as good as any burn this week, and and I think <laughs> should kind of count. But I did enjoy also the moment where, for basically no reason, um, because she was basically talking about having a crush on him, Mariah said about Bananas, my mom told me to be careful of him. She said he's a sneaky snake. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She also, there was like a really backhanded compliment of like, um, I'm not really attracted to, I wouldn't normally be attracted to Bananas, but he has a great personality. That that, that was kind of in there somewhere too. Yeah, there was there was definitely a version of that, um, <laughs> but I like that her mom burned him. I enjoyed. that. I feel like we need to know a little bit more. I, Mariah is kind of like Tamara to me. Like I feel like we don't know enough about where they came from and how they got hooked up with their partner that we do know. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I I, I hear that. Um, I want some more backstory. I, obviously, we're not getting it on Tamara. She's gone. But yeah. I would I would like some more Mariah backstory. Sorry. Remind me who Tamara is? Turbo's partner. Oh, right. That's right. I forgot her name was Tamara. They were not here for very long. (laughs) They weren't weren't here. And Tamara, not from Turkey. So, like, I just want to know, like, how did did all this happen? (laughs) And she stayed stayed loyal to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I want to know more about her, and I want to know more about where this Mariah came from and what she's doing here. You know well, what I mean? I'll tell you what, like she's been competitive enough that I think she could come back, you know. I think she could yeah, be a competitor on this show other than not And, and obviously there's know, still time. Like maybe we'll get some more backstory from her. She should maybe rent a rowboat um <laughs> and practice that a little bit, but otherwise Sure. Yeah. Uh also just since they're now out of here, uh respect to them. Um Colleen and Kim who nearly won the daily challenge, which would have totally changed the episode, obviously. Uh, but Kim rowing the boat, his huge reach was really coming in handy. He clearly has rowed a boat before. And there was a tremendous line where he just goes, I am fast as fuck in this moment. <laughs> They really were. Uh, they they really turned were. out to be a charming little addition to the show. Uh, yeah, I I enjoy their presence. I mean, I gave you know, I think I went into that last week about how how I found yeah. them really amazing. Um, and I hope they come back. And it sounds like they made a lot of friends. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, especially for rookies, it feels like everybody basically liked them, and nobody especially wanted to see them go home. Least of all the team that chose to put them in in the first place. <laughs> oh, man. 
Um, like I just, <laughs> it's so crazy. I just can't. And frankly, if Michelle hadn't been so paranoid, Laurel and Jack could have been numbers for them. They basically had at least three, if not four teams in elimination in the zone that potentially could have been their ally. Right? Yeah. No, I, agree. I mean, maybe not, maybe not Anissa and Jordan, just because Anissa probably has too many too veteran many ties. Options, but like yeah. but Jordan's a a, pr- a pretty free agent, you know? So who knows? Jordan and Anissa are probably up in the air, but certainly Darrell and Veronica are out there to be allied with. Kim and Colleen are a natural ally for Jay and Michelle, and Jack and Jay seemed at the beginning of the episode to be close enough, and Laurel not really having as many veteran connections. Like, I don't it's just so silly the way it went down. And instead, what they did is they made an enemy of the strongest team of that bunch, arguably. And now they're coming back into the house, and the one team that was definitely, like, should have been their ally is gone. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, some people some people should win stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, in this game. Should not yep. try to win. I will say, uh, this was a Burger King challenge, which was a classic throwback for me. I was like, oh, yeah, everyone's going to eat Whoppers. How great. Yeah. I feel this like they don't something. do that stuff as much anymore because all the people are, like, uh, really fit and health conscious. I was going to say, like, that part was, I think, my favorite part of it because this was definitely some, like, Top Chef level – uh, product placement and yes. like knowing like these challenges had to all pretend to be super psyched about this like Burger King feast <laughs> like knowing that all they do is lift weights you know what I mean right. like now like, I will so say many of them if not most do probably like have a cheat day and and use it plenty when they're you know working as hard as they do at the challenge so like I don't doubt that people like Burger King because I, I, I felt like in that moment, if I was them, I would have been excited to eat a Whopper. Um, it's not about whether you're excited to eat a Whopper. It's about the uh, open and direct enthusiasm for course. the presence of the Whoppers. Yes. Um, but also, the like, everybody gets a Whopper challenge, I feel like, goes as far back as any single challenger who's still currently competing. Like... I feel like the first time they had a Burger King sponsored daily was maybe before TJ was the host. Really? Man. Yeah, they definitely had them back in the day. Now, they haven't had them every year, but it's been a few years. But they used to do this semi-regularly. Well, shout out to Burger King for, for riding so long. Yeah, feel it. Look, if they give us money, I'll eat a Whopper on a, on air, no problem. <laughs> All three, yeah. and I'll act excited. It's true. It's true. Um, <laughs> all right, should we talk shows? Yeah, yeah we better. Have, have the challenge stuff because I know we we got to get you going here. Yeah, we got to we got to roll. Uh, where do you want to start? It's a good question. Um, you want to start with Causeway? Uh, sure. Um. I like I, I sort of wonder uh, wondered about this was like was this conceived as a theatrical release or an Apple release? I, it seems like it seemed like an odd choice of film for for if this is like J Lo's like hey I'm back 
this seems like an odd way to come back. You know what I mean? Um. Well, I mean, all she did was like go live her life for a couple years, so I'm not sure she yeah. sees it that way. Uh, maybe, maybe, but it's just it's a pretty quiet movie. It's a, it's, yeah, I, I, that's an understatement. I think by a lot. Um, it's a deliberately, exceptionally quiet movie, especially for a movie that takes place in a deliberately vibrant place like New Orleans. Um, it's that I would say practically 50% of it is silence. Um, but I think it certainly for me falls right into that category that I think we might have to stop saying we want more of just because we're getting a lot of them all of a sudden of just thoughtful adult movies with really excellent acting. And, and frankly, I, I thought it was really good. I thought the, both of the lead performances were, which were essentially, I mean, they were, her mom was in the movie, I guess. And uh, the lady from only murders in the building <laughs> had a turn as a nurse but there that there were essentially only four real you know real acting performances in this film and two of them were the vast majority of the film and i thought really they both nailed it i thought that the relationship that these two characters developed was interesting and compelling and felt human and real uh and I enjoyed watching it. You know, there there were some really emotional moments. Like, I, I thought it was good. I'm not going to tell you it's a Best Picture nominee or anything, although who knows these days. Uh, but just a really, I thought, really good, well-acted, grown-up movie. Yeah, I don't, it's like I don't disagree with anything that you just said. I think I liked it a little less than you did, if that makes sense. Um it like does, I, I, and and I may have described it in a way that overstated how much I liked it, because I, you know, I think sometimes with movies like this, I would just approach it from the other direction of like, there's nothing particularly special about it. Yeah, like um, if this if it was an Oscar campaign for this movie, I would say it feels small, it feels very small. Yes, right, but it is thoughtful and grown up and i did i really did think both acting performances were really good and they are yeah um i don't know you gonna think much about this moving forward though probably not right no no probably not but isn't that kind of what we we've asked for is like a grown-up movie with some thoughtful stuff that has adult themes and good yeah, acting. I mean, I'd like I'd like it to stay with me a little bit. Sure, but they're not. All, but if we're asking for a higher quantity, not every one of them is going to be a home run. And this is yeah. like a solid contact to the outfield that maybe you could stretch into a double if you're Billy Hamilton. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I, I wouldn't dispute that characterization. You know, like you're definitely on base, and and it was definitely good contact. You know, I don't know if you. <laughs> got to second or not um but but that you know like i i I guess part of me doesn't look nobody's listening and nobody cares about our demands for more of any particular type of cinema but part of me is is feeling like i'm not gonna complain or 
or begrudge a film that I've essentially asked to be made many times in the past, (laughs) even if I don't feel like it was exceptional or exciting necessarily. Like it was thoughtful and interesting and well acted and not a bad way to spend an evening. I was uh, not long. I was just trying to figure out if this if this movie made it under the shirt or not, or if it was uh, <laughs> not long. Was first base French you know? kissing for the movie, or is it holding hands? I where, where what's the scale? Um, all right, <laughs> you want to talk about weird? I really want to talk about weird. Oh, <laughs> can I start okay. by asking you? Did you ever spend your money to purchase? a weird Al Yankovic album? No, not once. Okay. So you probably did not enjoy this. I'm guessing. I, uh, I have some friends who have spent quite a bit of money on, on, I would say weird Al concerts. I don't know if they purchased the records or not. Um, I, I know a lot of people who really like weird Al. No. Uh, I, what did they think of I, this? I did enjoy this. I went to the Wikipedia and apparently this is not exactly how it went down. Oh, really? Historic. <laughs> no, look man that to me this movie like i laughed so much and it's the same way i laughed at the album that i bought on cd with my own money in high school with him swimming in the water like the nirvana baby like it's 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 broad and it's goofy as hell and it's completely silly but i also think it's pretty clever and immensely enjoyable and daniel radcliffe committed like a mother and it was i thought a joy to watch he, he did i look i the, the movie's brazen ridiculousness i enjoyed and i think more to the point and i this is something I wasn't expecting going in. Just sort of the action movie parody, um, yes. Part of this, I thought was really great, and and I think the effort that they went in terms of casting and, and getting people and like when you look at the party, like that Wolfman Jack party, yeah. and like the level of talent that they had, amazing. To, uh, play all of these sort of ridiculous people, and there were so many great characters in the background. If you look, like I don't, th- I think Elvira was there. She didn't have a line, yeah. but uh, just the whole way they did it, 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 it was yes, broad and silly, but clever and also a really pretty dead-on parody of the over-the-top rock doc, right? Sure. Yeah. Did you think that Will Arnett was doing the voiceover? Took I had to actually look up the credits to know that it was not Will Arnett. <laughs> uh, I wondered who it was, but I, I didn't think of Will Arnett. No. It was D- Dietrich Bader. Oh, uh, that makes you know, sense. From lots of things, lots of things. Yeah. Um, He's a big time that guy. Yeah, big time that guy. Been in, but you you've seen him in many things. Uh, uh, most recently, I'm thinking of uh, the um, better things. Yes. Yeah. He plays like the gay best friend. Yeah. Better anyway, uh, a ton of talent in this. Jack Black. I mean, Radcliffe. That's Harry fucking Potter, dude. That guy's great. He's great. Yep. 
Rain Wilson, Evan Rachel Wood. <laughs> Evan Rachel Wood as Madonna was also exceptional. She played it so over the top, um, which was, I'm sure, what was specifically asked for because it was perfect. The The entire plot is so, like you said, brazenly ridiculous. I don't know. I really enjoyed it, man. It's as silly as the songs that made me laugh as a kid, and I really yeah. enjoyed it. I, trying to pass off Eat It as an original composition, I think, was also sort of a, an interesting <laughs> I thought that was one of the most brilliant jokes in the whole film because I did – like, I thought about, like, eesh, how are they going to handle the Michael Jackson stuff? <laughs> And to handle it by be by again it, like it they go so far over the top that I wasn't I almost wasn't looking high enough to imagine what it might be you know and the idea of like and we're sort of spoiling by the way one of the one of the best jokes in the film uh, so skip ahead if you haven't watched it but to to get to the Michael Jackson part and be like. And then I wrote the most amazing original tune called Eat It. And basically this cheapskate loser, Michael Jackson, parodies him and he loses his. And also just the fact that he goes nuts. How? Who does this? What kind of scumbag? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it's all so silly. But I think if you get, enough, you know, good enough talent and you're clever and silly enough in the right ways, it can really work. And And I thought this really worked. And it's. Both appropriate and kind of nice outside of the commercials that they just gave it away to everybody for free. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who's going to see this. You know what I mean? You really have to, to go out of your way, I think, to go find that Roku channel. But Yeah, uh, I don't think a lot of people previously had the Roku channel, but it is easily accessible to anyone with internet, which I think in the long run might be a good thing. And it did get good buzz, and it is Harry fucking Potter. Yeah, and look, and I think this is also – well. I mean, I don't think that that uh, – what was the history show that, we, that we've watched a couple seasons of? I don't know that, that his presence necessarily helped that to a massive audience. but You're right. Um, but I do think that this was – I mean, if you're Roku, this is the kind of stuff you want to do, right, to get people to know that you have a TV channel that exists. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. It's and, – and, you know, a movie like that, in my mind, almost has to have some – sort of like cult longevity it's too funny and specific not to uh yeah no that makes sense i feel like it's the that, kind of thing that like at some point the right audience will find it and it will become legendary in 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 a very specific <laughs> like like he says in the film uh if not the best accordion player at least the second best in a very specific genre of music. <laughs> the most famous in yeah. a very specific genre of music. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh, man. Um, that was great. The, it really uh, was. The, the end and, of that was great, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They just... It, 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 was, it was all... It all struck the right notes. It didn't go on too long. It was very silly. Um, I very much enjoyed it. Two Let's big thumbs up. Uh, two thumbs up for me as well. Let's uh, let's talk about Blockbuster, which I watched so long ago I almost forgot that I had watched. How um, many did you get through? I think I did three episodes of it. Yeah, I think I did as well. 
Can I ask you uh, something? When sure. you put it on, knowing what it was and who was in it and all that, were you like, did you want it to be good? What were your expectations like? I, I think my expectations are what it was. Like, I, 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 what I kept wondering was, did somebody make this for a network? And that they just decided not, they just passed on the pilot or whatever. Because yeah. um, that's just, it just feels like a, a network sitcom. It's so broad. It's so, it's the kind of show that literally, I had this thought, literally makes me wonder, have we done every good sitcom line like are they all is it over <laughs> is it even possible to write I mean, did an it, episode it had some good some decent lines right like i thought the execution was fine I, well right I it's just uh, did it have a single line that didn't feel like you'd seen it before in some other context it's not that it was bad like i remember we watched some Netflix sitcom with I think Kathy Bates is like a weed shop owner. Oh right, and it was <laughs> Why like did we do that. It was remember. bad, <laughs> right? It was like a ba- it, it was like this is terrible, and I don't know how they yeah. got her, but she should get away from it because this is repulsive. This wasn't like that at all. Like you said, it feels very network and very sitcommy. And so for me, even the funny lines, and in three episodes, there were probably six, um, they were funny in the way of like, oh, yeah, I remember when that thing happened on Friends, basically, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it, it, when I say network, it also, part of, you know, I guess maybe the upside of that, right, is that it's it, this is a very professional production, you know what I mean? Like, you've got some, some good actors who can deliver a line, yeah. funny people. But you know, I feel like they're tell all writing was professional. It just was ordinary. Professional is the right word. Yeah, but that to me is why it sort of feels rote. Yeah, rote. Rote's a decent, decent way to put it. Yeah, and so like if this show, if this show aired on Tuesday nights at eight thirty on ABC, like you wouldn't blink, right? I wouldn't blink, but I still wouldn't watch it. I'm not saying you would watch it, right? It's not it's not going to be Abbott Elementary and it's going to you know what right. I mean like it's like I don't know I would say it's right there with the Terran Killam sitcom that he's on where they're all, you know, single parents. Hmm. I don't, could tell you much more about it, but that's a real it's more show than I, I can think tell that you about it. Yeah. So you know, that's just that's where that's where I don't know. That's where the sitcom is lately, which is yeah. why I think you don't see very many of them anymore. Yeah, that that's that may be true. Um. So yeah, won't be coming back to to blockbuster. I don't know. That's a hard pass. It's a hard <laughs> pass for me as well. <laughs> there's more to do with my time. We got homework, and I got a there's new Myth Quest this week. I'm, you know, there's it's a lot of stuff been coming out that I haven't had a chance to watch because we haven't been doing it on the show. Yeah, me too. Before we get to homework, um, can you give me a, a five-minute World Cup, as Derek sees it, roster preview for the U.S.? It was, this was requested by a listener. Oh, okay. Um, so, I mean, that's not preview because the, the roster is out. Well, I mean, World Cup preview as it relates <laughs> to the U.S. roster choices. 
as it relates. I mean, look, I, I, you know, there were some interesting choices in, in, in this roster for the U S but they're all guys who you would not expect to play. If that makes sense. Like the, the surprise inclusions with the possible exception of Tim Ream, because, uh, we, you know, all of our center backs are hurt. Um, he was the one guy who I think a lot of people wanted to see and expected not to be picked because he just hasn't been involved for a long time. Everybody else, you know, whether it's uh, Haji Wright or, uh, you know, Zach Steffen not being included, like I don't think those guys were going to play. So hmm. I don't know that that any of these selections make a ton of difference in terms of the U.S.'s ultimate fate at this World Cup. They're sort of guys – on the margin. The the thing that worries me is that, you know, we don't really know. I mean, it, it seems like at this point, looking at the roster that Jesus Ferrer is going to be the starter at number nine, but we don't have a lot of confidence in him. We don't know who's going to start at center back. And that's, those are real problems to have. Yeah. Uh, Especially the latter problem. Yeah. You know, when you look at, I mean, you could have not We're much confidence. Have to face Harry Kane, you know what right, I mean? Like, exactly. that's a tough guy to cover in any circumstance, particularly when you don't know really know what your partnership is, and there's a good chance that you're going to be fielding an all MLS duo against, you know, Kane, Saka, and Sterling. Right, th- and th- then that doesn't sound like a great deal. Right, and sh- and and should you advance, which they should, right? I mean, they should get out of this group. I mean, if you were going by seeding, absolutely they should, right? Right, like they are the yeah. second best team in this group, so and they should. But if you were, it's a tough group. Like none of those games are going to be easy, not one. So okay, um, but but just, I mean, I guess <laughs> Wales won't give you a huge break from the striker position either. But that's the thing: the best players in the world are largely offensive players. So. If you go into a World Cup with questions in the center of your defense, it's a to me it's a bigger problem than a lack of confidence up front when maybe you're not thrilled about number 9, but fundamentally like if the US team is going to be sort of a good scoring team, it's going to be largely because of Christian Pulisic, right? I mean, let's let's be serious. Like Well, we've got I I mean, look, I think he's the guy that you're obviously you're hoping is going to sort of lead your line, but they have well, a lot is, of guys who can, who to can me, he's produce the principal offense. creator though. Yeah. You know, when they're, when they're working right, like they're going to get a lot of goals from midfield like that. Right. Uh, you know, McKinney and Moose are dangerous players. Aronson, who was listed as a midfielder, by the way, in the, in this roster, that was, oh. I think one of the more interesting things, um, uh, you know, Aronson and and Reyna and Weya are all guys who can also contribute offensively, especially if you're not getting stuff from number nine. So it's not well, that's like what I'm saying. Christian has to score or we're screwed. But, you know, yeah, you, he's the guy that, you know, he's your most dangerous guy. He is the so, straw yeah. that stirs the drink, so to speak, on this team, particularly yeah. on the offensive end. I mean, you know, when we're talking about whether or not they're going to get out of the group, like the, the U.S.'s form has been poor lately. And if they uh, play the way that they have played lately – they're not getting out of that group. They may yeah. not win. They may not get a point in that Poor group. Poor is an they, understatement. Yeah. So <laughs> they've been embarrassing. There's, there's enough but, talent here to win the group, right? Like well, and how, how England in World Cups is pretty good. So, how much of how much of the the full squad that 
you hope will play in the World Cup has played in that in those poor form games, right? I mean, there's been at least a few a decent chunk of it. <laughs> well, but there's more been at least a, there's been a couple yeah. of big absences. There's been some guys missing, and so and so we'll see. That it's just it. You know, the other thing is right. It's it's just a weird World Cup circumstantially, right? And this is things that affect everybody. But yeah. like, you know, the U.S. got to Qatar, and it, and we're what ten days away from yep. from game one. I you know what so. I mean? Like normally, yeah. you get at least a month of camp, right? Yeah, uh, to play. And I don't think the whole U.S. team is there, right? Christian Pulisic has a game this weekend. He's with playing Chelsea. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, you know, and I'm assuming that applies to a lot of the other European-based players, at least. Right. right? Hopefully, so. that will be an equalizer across the board. Um, I don't. I think England is going to be missing most of its roster, right? So. Yeah, um, I mean, you hope that that is an equalizer, but I would say, I think a lot of a lot of these teams, right? These guys have been, you know, we're one of the youngest teams, yeah, right? So a lot of true. these guys have been playing together longer. That's true. And more often than we have, so. Um, I do think that is going to be a, a, a disadvantage for us uh, coming into this. All right. um, we'll talk so more we'll about see. the World I'm Cup later. I'm not super optimistic about our chances to get out of the group. <laughs> it's all uphill from here, folks. Fingers crossed. Um, so I really hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong because I um, – the one thing I will say is I don't know if you saw the uh, EA Sports did a FIFA simulation and they have correctly predicted the winner of the last three World Cups in these uh, simulations. Who they predicted. Uh, and they – had the u.s getting to the quarterfinals to the final okay. eight so um and who won so we'll see. uh the winner was argentina okay of that simulation who i'm nice. also picking to to win the world cup okay well there we have it we gotta go homework me okay um so I, we we put one item on the homework uh in the meeting but i need to point out that at least on my listings i don't have this coming out till november 17th so what is this? Uh, and that is the show Fleischman is in Trouble. Oh, right. But it's just an episode, right? It's just an episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that is the day before. Okay, great. Yeah. So we're good. Okay. We're good. Cool. So that doesn't come out till the night before the next show, but uh, we're going to put that in the homework. Um, that is Jesse Eisenberg. Claire Danes is in that as well, right? Yeah, your girl Lizzie Kaplan. It's a great cast. Adam Brody, Josh Radner. Oh, yeah. Some more people I didn't realize. All right. Yeah. That's good. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, then uh, I'm going to turn this one over to you. This is uh, an HBO Max thing called See How They Run with Sam Rockwell. Yeah, who apparently you don't like, which is crazy to me, uh, but I love him. And I think most of the things he's in are good, so we're going to watch it. It's a show. I didn't say that I dislike Sam Rockwell. What I said is that he's not always in good things. Okay, but it's a film, not a show, is what I meant to say. Um, and we're going to watch it. Yes, fair enough. We're also going to watch Tulsa King, which is the new addition to the Taylor Sheridan verse starring Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, let's check out some Sly in a gangster TV show. I want to know what that's about. And, of course, the challenge as well. Uh, and also, you left that one. Um, Don't Worry Darling. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. I forgot. In theaters, uh, you know, I don't know, not that long ago. Is now on HBO Max. We didn't get a chance to talk about it when it's in theaters. So um, let's jump in on that. Can't wait. Uh, Yes, it should be interesting. Okay. I got to go now. All right. Go to your wedding. Bye. This game's in the Admiral refrigerator. The door is closed. The light's out. Butter's getting hard. The eggs are cooling, and the jello is jiggling. So long, everybody. And do me a favor. Have yourself a tremendous evening. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have to post this later. I really let the day get away from me. Sure did. All right, buddy. 
Adios. Bye, man. Talk to you later.